You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily Penn State Nittany Lions podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Nittany Lions. I'm your host, Stephen Pianovich. It's Wednesday, September 5th, 2018, which means we are just three days away from Penn State facing Pitt under the lights at Heinz Field. Pitt is, it's always a fun week. I've really enjoyed it these past couple years uh, because just from someone who writes about and talks about Penn State football, the Pitt week gives you so much. And that has certainly been the case already this week. Uh, Both Pat Narduzzi and James Franklin have had their respective press conferences and They both have been treating the game in different manners, and we're going to get into that on today's show. Uh, I'm also going to give you the three things I think Penn State fans should know heading into Saturday's game. We're going to talk a little bit later to Steve Petrella, who covers college football betting for the Action Network, to get an idea of how odds makers and bettors are viewing Penn State going into this matchup at Pitt. And then I'm also going to break down the Penn State pick game and kind of the rivalry by the numbers at the end of the show. So that's all coming up today. Uh, For anyone who is uh, listening for the first time or or just getting into the show this week, I encourage everyone to subscribe to Locked on Nittany Lions on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, leave us a rating and a review. We really, really appreciate that. If you want to get in touch with the show, you can find us on Twitter at LockedOnNittany, and we can also be found, uh, you can also email us at LockedOnNittanyLions at gmail.com. Really appreciate any feedback, questions, concerns, or things people want to hear on the show. I, I'd really appreciate any of that uh, through any of those channels. We check them all, all the time. So, But getting into today's show... I'm going to start out with the three things I think Penn State fans need to know heading into this weekend's game against Pitt. So the first thing I think that's important to know heading into this weekend is just how differently these teams are approaching this game and... Uh, how they're talking about it. I'm not talking about the fan bases and the the petty back and forth that goes on on Twitter and all that stuff. I'm talking about just from basically the line that the each coach is given about this game has been really different. You look at Pat Narduzzi and what he said on on Monday in his press conference. He said that this game, you know, you can you can act like it's not a big game, but we know it is. This is important to the city of Pittsburgh. This is important to our team, and then. On Tuesday, James Franklin was asked about it, and he kind of gave a long explanation. Uh, someone, a reporter, brought up the the way uh, the way he referred to it being, uh, you know, the same as the Akron game last year after Penn State beat Pitt. Uh, James Franklin clarified those comments and, and also just said that this game is important because it's the next game on our schedule. So here's a, a clip of James Franklin from his Tuesday press conference. I think it's still being misinterpreted. Like I, I hear people like saying, well, you know, 
this is a big game, and, and anybody that says this isn't a big game is kidding themselves. This is the biggest game in the world. This is the Super Bowl for us. It is the most important game on our schedule. Why? Because it's the game we're playing this week. Last week was the Super Bowl for us. It was the most important game in the universe. This week is a huge game for us. I've never denied that from, from the very beginning. This, this is the most important game on our schedule. It is the Super Bowl. It's the most important game in the universe. I don't know how much clearer I can be on that. Last week, that was the most important game in the universe. That was the Super Bowl for us. That's how we approach it. So I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying that this game isn't really important. I'm actually saying the opposite. I'm actually saying the opposite. And I, I still think it's being misinterpreted is it's one game at a time. And, and we focus on the task at hand. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm never going to say that one game is more important than the other, except for the game that we are playing right now. That's the message. So I think James Franklin is always going to have that line, no matter who Penn State is playing. And it, it's kind of what you have to do as a college football coach when you only play 12, 13, 14 games a year. Obviously, the next game is the most important, which is true. But the way Narduzzi phrases it, it might be a little bit more truthful in that this game, at least from a broader perspective, if you zoom out past just the 100 players in your locker room, this game is more important for the state and more important for the fan bases than, than, most, than most others. It moves the needle a lot. It gets you talking. It gets you interested. Uh, and I think it matters for, for those players who a lot of these guys grew up playing against each other in high school. Penn State has more than a dozen, I believe it's 14 guys from Western PA on this roster. So to, to expect this game not to mean a little bit more to them, I think is uh, a little bit ignorant. And I, I think, but I think James Franklin is fine doing that uh, in a public facing way because he knows deep down that he doesn't need to get his players more excited than they already are. Okay, the second thing I think Penn State fans need to know heading into this weekend's game is that tackling was a big issue last week and it needs to be a lot better this week. James Franklin tackled the issue of tackling being an issue during his press conference on Tuesday. Uh, just kind of said it, it was it was inexcusable, and it's not something that that this defense can allow if it expects to to win games. And if you're giving up 28 points in a quarter to Appalachian State, there's a lot of things that are probably going wrong. But I think it started with that front seven. First of all, just not being able to wrap up ball carriers and then also not being able to get much push and much uh, much pressure on App State's QB, Zach Thomas. It, it, was, it was an underwhelming performance from Penn State's defensive line and linebacking core and defense as a whole, really. But it was not something we've expected to see from Penn State in the last couple of years. Uh, just with, the, with It was a vast difference from, from the way those units looked last year and obviously there are a lot of new pieces there but these are all guys who are skilled and can make those plays and they just weren't making was it nerves was it jitters was it inexperience possibly that could happen but if it was those things it it might be hard to get rid of them in in a game where you're playing on abc under the lights at heinz field against an in-state rival so it's just a fundamental issue that I think can be cleaned up, but Penn State needs absolutely needs to be better at wrapping up ball carriers on Saturday if it's going to you know, keep Pitt under 30, 35 points. Um, there is some good news for Penn State. 
it sounds like defensive tackle Kevin Givens, who was not suited up for last week's game, he was suspended due to a violation of team rules. James Franklin said it sounded like he would be available for Saturday's game against Pitt, and he would be a huge boost to that defensive line in the middle, kind of anchoring there. He's, he's one of the most experienced players on Penn State's defense. All right, moving on. Third and final thing I think Penn State fans need to know going into this game against Pitt is that uh, you know don't get don't get to your tailgating spot too early. So Pitt announced on Sunday that it would not be opening its uh, its football parking lots until 5 p.m. for this 8 p.m. game. This has to do with the Pirates playing a one o'clock game that afternoon that's on Saturday and PNC Park and Heinz Field are, are pretty much next to each other on Pittsburgh's North Shore and they share a lot of parking lots so Pitt is I, I guess there is you know some logistical thing there or I don't know if Pitt just doesn't want fans drinking for eight nine ten hours before coming in though I don't know if this if this is going to stop it anyway uh, but they announced that unless you have a parking pass for both the Pirates and the Pit game, you will not be able to park until 5 p.m. So, you know, Penn State fans are very good at tailgating, and there's some smart people there. I, I expect them to find some loopholes or just find a way, an, another way to do this. There are some other parking lots nearby, but I expect Penn State fans to still have a good time for this game, but... Come on, Pitt. That's that's pretty lame to not open your parking lots until five o'clock for such a big game, too. Uh, I think fans are still going to have a good time, and, and maybe in the long run, this is maybe a good thing that they're <laughs> that they're not going to be out there all afternoon yelling at each other drunkenly in the parking lot. But it would be nice, if, you know. Three o'clock would be reasonable, I think. But it's a tough balance between the Pirates and the Pitt game. So don't get to your spot too early on Saturday unless you have a backup plan or a Pirates parking pass. All right, so those are the things I think Penn State fans need to know heading into this week. We're going to step away for a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to be joined by Steve Petrella from the Action Network. Stay with us here on Locked On Nittany Lions. Ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for advice. Usually, it's what team to bet on this week. The truth is, I don't know who's going to win, but if you think you know, you've got to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they are your best bet this season. They've been in business for years, have great reviews online, and my bookie's mobile site is easy to use. Lay down some cash and win big today with my bookie. Join now, and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar on deposits up to $1,000. Use promo code ONCOLLEGE, that's O-N-C-O-L-L-E-G-E, to activate the offer. MyBookie. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, joining me now is Steve Petrella. He's the college football editor at the Action Network Steve, thank you so much for coming back to Locked On Nittany Lions. You got it, man. Thanks for having me again. Of course, of course. So last week, Penn State obviously did not cover its 24-point spread against Appalachian State. Uh, and, and the line for Penn State this week has moved a little bit down. Uh, they 
probably originally were double-digit favorites against Pitt, but now is as of recording this on Wednesday afternoon, that line is eight and a half. But the over/under is uh, 57. Do you have a number in, in this game that, that you like one way or another, whether it's Pitt or Penn State or the over/the under? Um, you know, I, th- I think the number's about right. Um, I, when this line opened in the summer uh, at South Point in Las Vegas, uh, which is one of the books that kind of releases early lines, and um, they have low betting limits, so they'll let sharp, smart bettors bet into them, and it'll kind of shape the the market um, for for these games. And they release, you know, games for the whole season. So they have Alabama, Auburn, and Michigan, mm-hmm. Ohio State up there in in May or June. Um, so this line opened at Pitt plus fourteen, uh, which I I really liked Pitt uh, at that number. Um, but it was pretty much immediately bet down to Penn State minus ten and a half. And then I think based on last week, um, you know, with how Penn State looked against against App State, uh, comes inside. Inside that ten uh, to eight and a half nine, where it sits now, um, I, you know, I, I like if if I had to take a side, I would I would take Penn State. Um, one of the bigger questions for me, in, in terms of just sheer, surely the number, not not whether or not they win, is home field advantage for Pitt. So typically, mm-hmm. a team gets about three points for home field advantage. Um, some teams get a little bit more than others. We have to figure the the crowd is going to be pretty pretty evenly split, um, if if not pro Penn yeah. State. So it, in that case, you know you kind of have to decide what you think is more important: a home field advantage. Is it the crowd? Is it and the the prep and the unfamiliarity? Um, so to me, the I think Pitt's getting a little bit too much of a home field uh, advantage here. I, I I don't have a strong play on this game, but I think the number's a little bit too low. I think it should be, uh, you know, 10, 10 and a half, something like that. Mm-hmm. I will say one thing, though, real quick. It, Penn State's defense was so bad last week, but so was the special teams giving up a kick return to App State. And Pitt also returned, albeit it was against Albany, Pitt brought back its first kickoff of the season for a touchdown. So if you get something like that again on, on Saturday, that could probably swing things one way or the other. Um, but moving on, to just kind of the season expectations for Penn State from a betting standpoint. Um, I know there were some new national title odds that came out uh, this week, and Penn State was one of a few Big Ten East teams that was underwhelming in week one, joining Michigan State, who struggled against Utah State at home, and Michigan, which went on the road in a tough place and, and lost to Notre Dame, but that offense you know, looked about the same as a, as a 2017 version of that offense. So, what kind of numbers uh, are coming out this week after some underwhelming performances for those Big Ten teams in Week One? Yeah, so so they all dropped. Um, Ohio State remained the same, which I, I think can be expected, uh, even though their their defense gave a lot to Oregon State. Penn State dropped uh, from thirty to forty to one at, at Five Dimes, which is an offshore sports book. Um, Michigan State dropped from thirty-five to one to fifty to one. Uh, and then Michigan dropped from about 15 to one to 70 to one. Um, and the Michigan one, of course, makes sense. They lost. Mm-hmm. So they're basically going to need to run the table, which includes beating Ohio State on uh, Thanksgiving weekend to have a chance to get in the playoff. Um, whereas Penn State and Michigan State, you know, I think it's fair. Uh, it's fair that they dropped, but there's, you know, there's no reason. Um, there's no reason that these teams now can't win a national title. Um, you know, if Penn State beats Pitt this weekend, 
like Kent State and Illinois after that. They're going to the Ohio State game 4-0, um, and they'll be less than 40-1. to mm-hmm. um, So the loss for Michigan means a lot for Penn State and Michigan State. Looking a little underwhelming. Um, if you still like these teams, I think now is a good time to grab them because um, you know at those prices, you probably won't see those prices again for these teams uh, unless they're unless they have a loss. You know, if they have a loss, they'll drop to one fifty to one, two hundred to one. So uh, if you still like Penn State or Michigan State, I would uh, I would grab them now. Yeah, good time to get some value with uh, with how bad they look, and you know, one game might not be the. Uh might not be how you look all season, especially with a team like Penn State, who is rather inexperienced on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, so, Steve, looking at just the full slate, our second week of college football here, are, are there some numbers or a number that really jumps out to you that that you like this week that you would you'd put some money on? Yeah, um, I got a couple uh, couple bets down already, and you can uh, you can see my picks in uh, the Action Network app. Uh, you'll if you follow me. Uh, you can get notifications um, or you can just go into the app and see them. Um, so you'll kind of get them in real time. But uh, two games I'm on so far uh, are Virginia plus seven uh, against Indiana. Um, it's an Indiana team that lost a ton from a from a good defense last year. And I think kind of struggled to uh, struggled to replace those pieces in week one against Florida Atlantic. Um, they got the win, but didn't look great by any means. Uh, Virginia looked really good. Granted, it was against Richmond, uh, but a, a Richmond team that's you know generally an FCS uh, playoff kind of mainstay. Um, so that that line I, I took at seven. It's now down to six and a half. Um, I think one thing to look for is Virginia has uh, a quarterback named Bryce Perkins. He's a, a JUCO transfer um, who most people didn't know a lot about, but they've got some you know I wouldn't say s- stability is the the thing uh, that that Perkins brings to the table, but uh, he's very dynamic. He's explosive. Um, potential to turn over the ball, given um, you know how much he's running around, throwing on the run, things like that. But um, I think he's a good enough quarterback that um, that he can hang inside this this number of a touchdown, and he'll he'll put up enough big plays to uh, to cover that number against a rebuilding Indiana defense. Um, and then another one is uh, Liberty uh, against Army. So Liberty is. In its first year in FCS, um, they are extremely motivated. They need um, in the conference to get paid and keep this uh, keep this program at the FCS level. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got some experience. They have a really good quarterback, uh, kid named Stephen Calvert, and they beat Old Dominion fifty-two to ten last week. Ooh. They had five hundred ninety-five total yards. Um, that was nearly double what Old Dominion had, so the, the final score wasn't fluky at all. Um, and Army, uh, you know, at the Action Network, we've talked about this all summer, but was one of the, the luckiest teams in the country uh, last year uh, in terms of turnover luck and uh, winning close games. And based on their sort of overall performance, they were actually almost three wins worse than their record. Um, so their team due for some serious regression – and they're uh, giving 10 points to Liberty at home. Um, so certainly take Liberty at, at 10, um, 10 points. Uh, I would even probably take them still at a, at a touchdown uh, underdog or more. Um, and then the last one, I'm kind of seeing where it moves because it's moved a little bit already, but uh, the over in Nebraska, Colorado, 
Um, Nebraska's offense, I think, is is going to be better than some people are giving it credit for this year. Um, I just kind of believe in Scott Frost and uh, and what he can do, and they're going to play at a at a really fast pace. Um, so that total opened at fifty nine; it's up to sixty two, um, and it'll be a little bit before Nebraska's defense kind of gets up to speed. But I think the offense is going to play really fast. Uh, it's going to be efficient and explosive. And uh, Colorado's offense looked great against a pretty bad Colorado State defense last week. But um, I think there'll be enough points in that game to, to get us over the total. Yeah, yeah, I think that'll be one of the better games on Saturday. It's a solid slate. You got Nebraska, Colorado, South Carolina, Georgia. UCLA is playing Oklahoma in a game that probably won't be close, but two big names. Iowa, Iowa State. And then uh, Clemson's playing Texas A&M at night. And then Penn State and Pitt also in that primetime game. So it's nice to have college football back in full effect sure yeah sure is and there's uh a full you know last week we kind of got the a lot of games on thursday uh six on friday but this week it's uh just one game friday and and a big old slate saturday so uh should be good for uh anyone betting those games yeah get on your couch and get comfy all right steve petrella from the action network thank you much so much for joining us we'll talk to you again next week buddy Sounds good, man. Take care. The wait is nearly over. Football is almost here, and that means it's fantasy football season again. And FanDuel has never been more fun or easier to play. If you're not a fantasy expert, then FanDuel is clearly the best place to play. FanDuel has something for everyone, and there are more ways to win than ever before. Don't believe us? How's this sound? This season, FanDuel is running a free $250,000 Survivor Contest. This is the biggest free survivor contest ever. Here's how it works. You pick one team to win each week, and you can't reuse that team again for the rest of the season. This locks before week one, so don't miss your chance to sign up now. To get into that free $250,000 survivor contest, just go to fanduel.com slash locked on. Plus, new users get a $20 bonus when they make their first deposit. Make sure to visit fanduel.com slash locked on today. Welcome back to Locked On Nittany Lions. I'm going to end today's show by briefly running through Penn State and Pitt by the numbers heading into this 2018 matchup. First number I'm going to go with is 99. So this is the 99th meeting between Penn State and Pitt. Penn State has not played a team more in its storied history than Pitt. Uh, This series dates back to 1893. Penn State has 51 wins, 43 losses, and four ties in its previous 98 matchups against Pitt. Obviously, next year at Beaver Stadium will be the 100th matchup. Still no idea when the 101st matchup will be between these schools. Maybe we'll find that out sooner than later. All right, next number, that's 332. That's how many passing yards Trace McSorley had at Heinz Field the last time he played there in 2016. Uh, obviously, that was a game Penn State lost, 42-39. to 39. They got down big early and were throwing a lot. But still, it was a very impressive impressive showing from Trace McSorley. And I think that was kind of a coming-out party for him in his own way because uh, it was only his second career start. 
and only before that, I think Penn State had played Kent State. So this that kind of showed fans that he was for real and could be a very good quarterback. Um, it was his first loss as a starter, too. Uh, he's 23-5 and overall, starting for Penn State, but that was his first loss there. And kind of speaking of that, that goes to our next number, which is 22-4. and That's Penn State's record since that loss to Pitt in 2016. Penn State obviously finished out that year going 10-2 and down the stretch, winning the Big Ten, 11-2 and last season, and then 1-0 to start this season. Meanwhile, since that game, Pitt is 12-12. and uh, The Panthers have gone 500 since then, and they were 5-7 and last year. Pitt's 1-0 this year with a win over Albany last week. Three is the next number. Three is how many tor- turnovers Penn State forced against Pitt last year. That was It was kind of a weird game. It, it always felt like Penn State was going to win that game, but if you look at the box score, Penn State was actually outgained by Pitt by 30 yards, but Penn State came up with three turnovers, which were huge in that game, two interceptions, and they recovered a fumble. Penn State only forced one interception last week, and it was the game-winning, game-clinching interception by Amani Oroye. So if they can get a little more pressure on the quarterback and maybe come up with a big play, a fumble, or an interception, I think that would be huge, especially if they could do it early in this game to kind of calm that defense down a little bit. I think that'd be very, very important for this team. Okay, so the last number here is 1987. That is the year in which Pitt last beat a ranked Penn State team. Pitt did that under the lights at Pitt Stadium in uh, 31 years ago. It was also the last two times these teams played a night game was back in 87. I hope that's not a bad omen for Penn State. I I guess it could be. But yeah, Penn State beat Pitt as a ranked opponent a bunch of times uh, in the 90s. And then Pitt won in 2000 and 2016 when Penn State was unranked. So a ranked Penn State team has not lost against Pitt since 1987. They'll try to keep uh, their ranked winning streak alive on Saturday. So that's Penn State and Pitt by the numbers. And this has been another episode of Locked On Nittany Lions. Thank you so much again for joining us. We're 25 minutes closer to Penn State Pitt. Uh, If you're looking for more on the series and uh, this weekend's game, we talked with Adam Bittner of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette on Tuesday's show, if you'd like to go back to listen to that. And we also will have more previewing this game on both Thursday and Friday's show later this week. Thank you so much for joining us. I'll talk to you then. Take care.